I'm Lauren Dimmitt Waters. I'm a New York City-based blogger and influencer who has been covering beauty, fashion, and lifestyle for what seems like forever. But now I'm a woman in midlife who wants to discover all the secrets to growing younger. I'm ready to explore topics that deal with health and anti-aging, especially when it comes to beauty, fashion, wellness, and longevity. I'll unearth what works and what you shouldn't waste your money on. Even if it's crazy, I'll hunt down the latest and greatest to help us all get through this journey called life with a little humor and a lot of attitude. I want to keep fighting the fight so we can all grow old ungracefully. So welcome to Beauty is a Bitch. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to a new episode of Beauty is a Bitch. My guest today is Jane Hansen. She grew up in the prairies of rural Minnesota, coming to New York three decades ago to join NBC Networks. She began as an anchor and correspondent for NBC New York in 1979. In 1988, Jane was named co-anchor of Today in New York, a position she held until 2003, when she became the station's primary anchor for local programming and the host of Jane's New York. She covered events ranging from the tragedy of 9-11 to the joy of the Yankees' victory, parades to Wall Street and Washington, has interviewed presidents, business magnates, prisoners, and celebrities. Most recently, she hosted a daily entertainment and lifestyle program, New York Live, for NBC4 in New York City. Jane has won nine Emmy Awards. In addition, she was named Correspondent of the Year by New York's Police Detectives and received a similar honor from New York's Firefighters. She has also been the recipient of numerous other awards for her service to the community. I could list all these, but we'd be here for another half an hour. So thank you so Please much. Please don't. It's enough already. It's enough already. I know. Everybody hates their intro. It's really funny. <laughs> it's real. Everybody gets like mortified. But how are you, Jane? I'm great. Thank you. And it's such a pleasure to be here. And by the way, I agree with you on the name of the show. What? What? Beauty is a bitch. It is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It gets a, little, gets a little harder as we uh, age. As we get a little older, we get a little yeah, older. Well, it's, I'm but, a big fan of, of good filters. So as am I, as am <laughs> I, I am not afraid. Well, I mean, I, you know, I, I joke with my friends about it. I, I like filters to a point. I want people to recognize me. So I'm not, I'm not into them to the point where they make me look really freaky and not like myself. So yeah, well, but, I agree. Yeah. I mean, but that's the whole point about beauty, isn't it? That, that beauty is really all about just bringing out our best natural self. I mean, that's, and, you know, beauty inside versus beauty outside, et cetera, et cetera. So. Yeah. And I also believe that if you're ugly on the inside, it'll make you ugly on the outside. So. No matter how beautiful you look. Exactly. Exactly. So we are going to talk about building our self-confidence, which I know um, can take a hit in midlife. Uh, mm-hmm. And it, it would seem that it shouldn't because we know, you know, we have the wisdom now that comes with age, but then we start <laughs> to sometimes lose our confidence in other areas, you know, things like that. So how can we all feel more confident as we age? Well, you know, I now am a, um, a communications coach and I work with clients from every imaginable uh, industry of all ages. I particularly like working with women because I truly, for this very issue that you're talking about, mm-hmm. about this lack of self-confidence, this concern about herself. I mean, we, I feel like a shrink half the time. <laughs> women tell me things like, yeah, they'll say things like, 
uh, and they, they might be the president of the company, but now they go into a room with all the board of directors. And in some cases, every single one of them is a man. And they say they feel like they've gone back to kindergarten mm-hmm. and they start to squirm. And they, I mean, so people say, and, and, and it isn't just women, it's also men. They say all kinds of things about how their confidence can be betrayed. Their confidence can feel like all of a sudden it's left them. Maybe they're switching jobs. I'm sure during COVID, if we took any kind of polls, people's self-confidence had to go right down into the ground. Um, So there's just, yes, we have a lot more wisdom. And yes, our rational brain tells us that certain things that we should be confident because of what we've already accomplished in our life, but we're not. And it's really a struggle for a lot of, a lot of people to get there and to learn how to find that confidence that they once had. Why do you, why do you think our confidence takes a hit? Well, because especially for women, and I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of your listeners are women, right? Yes, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. There is a lot that goes around, that goes around how we look. Mm. And when we don't feel, when we see our wrinkles coming in, our gray hair, um, maybe we've gotten a little bit of belly fat around the middle because that tends to happen as we get older. Maybe we can't do certain sports as, as well as we used to. Whatever it is, we start to feel bad. And then we take that number, that age number, and we just focus on it. I've got uh, one of my best friends is having a big birthday um, at the beginning of September, and she's been fretting about it for weeks should I have a party? Shouldn't I have a party? Should I do this? Should I or not should do this? I'm like, what is your problem? And she doesn't, she's so, this, this number thing is so big in her head. And I'm telling you, she is vital and beautiful and, and has a great thriving business. She's got everything going for her, but somehow she is just sucker punched by the idea that she's going to be years old. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I find that sometimes I, I, I'm like that. I, you know, I start thinking, oh my God, how did I, you know, I, I, I was 25 years old yesterday or so it seemed, and now I'm not. And I, you know, I, I definitely can find there are periods or maybe just moments during the day where I find myself sort of spiraling because I'm focused on that number. I, I got it. I got yeah. it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But um, the first thing that I really, really want people to think about is age is really just a number. Yep. And the, the way that you've taken care of yourself becomes even more vitally important the older you get. Have you taken good care of your skin? What's your weight like? Are you healthy? Um, the health thing. I mean, it cracks me up sometimes when I, when I you know, most of my friends are, are over the age of 50. 55 even in some cases. Um, And they are, when they start to talk about, oh, my knees, I got to do something with them. And you start to hear this kind of, I call it an organ recital. And it's just, you're like, stop talking about it. Go take care of it. Stop talking about it. It, it's, It's just, we really need to focus on being our best self. And not just you know, it's funny because I you you say that, and I I feel I'm, I call it like becoming my parents, like right. complaining about like 
your aches and your pains. Because I just remember rolling my eyes when I was younger with my parents. Right. It, so there are probably people rolling their eyes at you right now when you do that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. That's why I try. I try not to. Right. Because um, I, I just don't think my, my, I don't think that's anybody's business. And I would prefer that unless I've got, unless I know somebody's got a particular problem that I'm now encountering, then I love talking to them about getting their best advice. But I would do that in a, I would do that in a private conversation, not in the middle of anything else. Right, right. Not just like lamenting about all your aches and pains because everybody's got them. We've all got them. Right? And if somebody, if somebody claims they don't, then they're lying. Right. So. <laughs> right. But, but, you know, they just don't talk or maybe they just don't talk about it or focus on it. Because I also think that the more you focus on things, the more of a problem it becomes. Uh, you know, I, I've had some issues um, and I was in a lot of chronic pain and I learned to like meditate. I found that when I did meditation, I could actually get out of my, it was almost like I got out of my body for a little while and the pain, I didn't, I didn't feel the pain because I could meditate myself out of it, if that makes sense. Oh, it absolutely yeah. makes sense. And I think that is so cool. Yeah. When you I'm out of practice. I, this was back years ago. I mean, unfortunately, the pain's not, I don't really have it anymore. And I'm not, you know, since COVID, I haven't really been sad. I was meditating all the time and then COVID hit and I did yeah, it. Well. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of things happen when COVID hit or didn't <laughs> happen or didn't happen. Um, so what does feeling self-assured mean to you and how do you tell women to be more self-assured? Uh, I've done a lot of research into this, this, this kind of subject. And one of the things that becomes very important for women in particular is that and it relates back a little bit to the meditation thing you were talking about. When we focus on purpose, why we're doing something, why we're committed to something, why we love our job, why we do our job, why we do something for our kids, why we, when we focus on our purpose, all of a sudden everything else goes away and we become, we feel very self-assured because we know we can handle that well. So, like, I always like to, to reframe things for my clients about when, when they say, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that job or I can't. And I'll say, well, let's reframe it and, and say, how could you do that job? Or you can do that job. Let's think about all the many assets that you have. Sometimes you just literally have to tell people what they have and who they are because they, they you know, we're our own worst enemy. Mm -hmm. We don't see it. And we're really hard on ourselves. Right. So hard on ourselves. Yep. Like just, you know, for an example, like I would say, oh, this wrinkle over here is killing me. Oh, I can't stand. I can't stand to look in the mirror. And, and, you know, somebody might say to me, what are you talking about? Are you crazy? And when you get that kind of reinforcement from people, it really helps. So I think a great thing to do is to literally sit down and to write down your assets. And when I say assets, I mean, write down the things you're really good at, what you've accomplished, um, your goals, how you treat people, how you treat your own body, how like talk, write down all the things that you do really well. And you're going to have a list a mile long. And when you start to look at it, I actually had to do this for myself um, the other night in the shower because I was just having one of those days where I was feeling pretty crappy about everything. 
with absolutely no reason. I think I just woke up in the wrong side of the bed. And I stood in the shower and I said, you know what, Jane, be proud of yourself because this is what you did today. And I went through this whole list in my head. And by the time I got out of that shower, I was jumping around. Aw, that's a, yeah. that's a really good, I think, exercise if you're feeling kind of down about yourself. I call it the mean girl. You're mean girling yourself and mm-hmm. saying things to yourself that you would never say to one of your best friends. Uh, being really never. Hard. Yeah. Never. Um, to write a list, like to all the things you're good at. And I call it flipping the script. So if you're like, and I'm trying to master it, I'm getting so much better at it. But if like, even if I'm having a bad thought or moment, I just say stop to myself, not out loud. <laughs> stop, rewind, reframe, refocus. And, you know, so I think like listing off the things I should be proud of is a really good idea. I think that's great advice. Yeah, it, it, and it really, truly works. Okay. Um, it's, so, it's so funny. I'll give you just a little example. So I was working with it. There have been a couple of women in the last year that I've been working with who went back to work mm-hmm. after having spent like a decade at home with their kids. And they kept apologizing. And they went back to really nice jobs. And they kept apologizing to people saying, oh, I'm, I'm not up to speed on that because, well, you know, I was a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, why are you leading with that? Give it up. And, and I said, well, I'm, I, have, I don't have the experience these other people have. And I said, let me just think, let me, let me ask you a few questions. I said, did you um, keep the schedules for the household? And they go, yes. I said, oh, so you're a great organizer. Mm-hmm. And I said, did you um, do anything for your kids' um, school? And I go, oh, I ran the PTA. Oh, so you were a leader. You were, you were an executive. You were the leader of. Of, of a lot of people, and frankly, running volunteer organizations, I think is harder than running yeah, corporate right. And then <clears throat> I'd say, who made the meals in the house? And they go, me. I said, oh, so you're a chef. Yeah. And we just went through this whole list of things that they did every day. And by the way, did you know that if you had to pay somebody for the work that a woman does as a stay-at-home mom, what they'd make in a year? It's hundreds of thousands of yeah, dollars. I, I, I did hear that recently. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, uh, listen, I've had corporate jobs and I've been a mom, stay-at-home mom or work, you know, part-time I work and my job was being a mom first. And I mean, it's exhausting. It's hard. It is really hard. <laughs> well, what I found when my daughter was younger, she's now in her early 30s, is that I didn't have many girlfriends then yeah. because there was no time between work and raising her and her father and the running the household and everything else. It was, I'd crawl into bed exhausted every oh, yeah. night. Yeah. I and, know. Yet, and yet I made it to all of her games and there'd be stay at home moms that didn't show up. And I'd say, Oh, you missed the best soccer goal. And they go, Oh, no, I was having lunch or whatever yeah. it was. Right. And right. Be like, oh, I raised to get here. Uh, well, I know, but your kids will, you know, they they remember that. You know, I think. Hey, listen, I think I hope that we're all just doing the best that we can. So, absolutely, you know, um, more. you you brought up you you mentioned something that um you said focus on your purpose. Now, mm-hmm. I ask, I'm going to ask you this question. Because I asked, I have a Facebook group called uh, Growing Younger, and I asked the people, the women, 
generally women and the Facebook group. What's your, what is your purpose? Crickets. I don't think many crickets. I don't think many women, men, whatever people know what, understand what, what their purpose is or how to define it. So can you help us so that when I ask this question again, maybe people will answer. (laughs) So I would define what's your purpose as something that can be ever changing. Okay. Because, you know, there might be different purposes for different things. Um, but I would define your purpose as when you get up in the morning, what is it that you feel you want to accomplish that day? Okay. When you have a meeting, what is the purpose of that meeting? When you're speaking to an organization, which is, of course, where a lot of my work is done is in the in communication skills, um, what, what is the purpose? What do you hope that people take away from that? Um, when you're with your children, what are you, what's your purpose for doing whatever you're doing with them at that moment? So I, I think purpose, it, there, there, you can be multi-purposeful, mm-hmm. but it really focusing on what it is you're hoping to accomplish then. Right. That that will give you it takes you out of your crazy head and and thinking, oh, am I nervous about this or am I doing the right thing or um, oh, look at my look at the way I look. I don't look good today. It right. takes you out of all of that and brings you to a place where you are now committed to being really super present in what you're doing. Oh, I like that. Okay. Okay. I- I, I think a lot of people just don't know what their purpose is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really do. And I was, I was sort of surprised that nobody responded. <laughs> there was like very few. I was like, oh boy. It's, good. It, it's something that requires um, a lot of self thought. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have maybe the time, or maybe it's overwhelming. And maybe they think they have to have some great big almighty purpose. Like I'm going to cure cancer. Right. <laughs> My purpose right. is to, right. um, you know, save the, every rescue dog, whatever it is. I'm not talking about great, big, idyllic purposes. I'm talking about what is it that you are grateful to be able to do on any given day and to give perhaps to other people. Okay. I like that. So wait, that kind of leads me to my next question though. Does contributing to others help you feel feeling confident, capable? Like yes. A little bit about that. The answer is absolutely, absolutely. yes. Because doing for other people mm-hmm. means that you're you're giving of yourself and you're helping them or you're helping them with a piece of you. Maybe you're helping somebody with cooking them a a dinner or giving people who are hungry food, or maybe it means you're reading stories at some kids group, or, or maybe it means you're, you're helping um, a friend who's got a work issue by listening to them and helping them work through it. Right. Whatever it is that you're giving it, it is a piece of you that they will be grateful for 
and forever grateful for. And you know what? It's, it's karmic. Mm. Big believer in karma. And not that I do things because I want something in return, because you can't give with that in mind. That has nothing to do with it. But I will tell you that if you give with an open heart, an open soul, and do it you, because you just simply want to help in whatever way you're doing it, and it can be really little or it can be really big, that stuff comes back to you. I mean, 15, 20 years later, I hear from people and they say, you know, you did this for me and I've never forgotten. I'm like, man, I forgot that a long time ago. Right. And I had no idea that it had such an effect. Yeah. So I, and that's another way, by the way, if you're feeling not so confident or not very self-assured, it's a great way of boosting your spirits because if you can make somebody else smile, it just, it makes you feel better. And if you feel better, you do better. Yep. I agree. I agree. That's true. And, and I believe in karma. I do. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, and, and all facets. <laughs> I Good, know. Or bad. Good or bad. Good or bad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. I remember, I remember once, uh, or not, I've said it many times, but like somebody that did something really wrong, you know, or, or bad. And I'm like, it'll come back, you know, karma. And I'm like, you may not see it. It may be in 10, 20 years, but at some point. Yep. You will see it. Yep. Okay. So the, the, the lesson there is don't hurt people. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. And hurt people hurt people, right? That's right. <laughs> That's true. Exactly right. <laughs> right. So what do you value and what are your fundamental beliefs? Well, first of all, um, my, what do I value most in my life and my relationships, right? My relationships with my daughter, my relationships with my, um, dearest friends, um, my relationship with my male partner, my, um, relationships with my, my work, everybody I work with, the, the collaboration, um, I treasure relationships probably more than anything. Um, I treasure my experiences of traveling the world. And because I don't think there's anything like travel that will help you become a better person. Why do I say that? Because it opens up your eyes to the way the rest of the world is. It opens up your eyes to better understanding it. You, you see how other cultures live and you understand that my culture, our culture, isn't the only one, and we're not we're not the only. Every culture is is right in its own way, and so if you don't have the experience of of seeing that, I don't know how you can grow and 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 become a better, more understanding, and more complete person. So I value that a lot. Um, I value my time reading books and reading things because I just love it. I love learning. Um, you know, I love sunsets. I value my sunsets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Because it's the end of the day. And that's another, and that's another time when you can, you, for me, I don't live very far from the beach right now. And so I go over to the beach and watch the sunset and sometimes I have a glass of wine and I will, I just sit there and I think about my day and I think about 
I try to think of at least three really great takeaways from that day. Um, okay. And which makes me feel like the day is ended. My job is done. Now this is all about me and I get to just relax and relive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's another way also, by the way, of enhancing your confidence. Okay. I, I like the idea of like sitting down. It's sort of like a little meditation exercise, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to sit with yourself and think about three things to be grateful for. And that was the word I was just going to say. Did you read my mind? That's pretty Maybe. scary. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just going to use that word grateful. I know people toss it around all the time about how grateful they are, blah, 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 blah. Right. Um, the truth, it really is true. It really, truly is true. If you practice being grateful, the world opens up. Because there was a time in my life when there was a lot of really bad stuff going on. And I was, I was wallowing in self-pity and feeling just like, why me? Why is this happening to me? It can't be happening to me. Blah, 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 blah. And then all of a sudden, I, 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 started, to, I thought, started to think about this grateful, this gratitude thing. And actually, it was a book I read. And I can't remember the name of it because I know you're going to ask me, but I can't remember. <laughs> then um, it was a book I read. And then, then I had a friend who started to talk to me about gratefulness. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to give it a try because what I'm doing right now is not working. Right, right. Just so every single day I did this exercise of writing down things I was grateful for. Mm -hmm. And it was repetition, repetition, repetition. Sometimes it was the same things. But the more you think about it, it was just amazing to me what happened in a very short period of time. I literally, it's like doors opened. It just was, it was bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I actually keep, I, I call it a gratitude journal in my nightstand. Uh-huh. And I'll, you know, before I go to bed, I'll write down a few things I'm, I'm grateful for, yeah. you know, for the day. I wish I did it more consistently, but. <laughs> well, we all wish we were more consistent yeah. about stuff. Right. But, um, right. Right. Some days are easier than others, but I, I, I love that. And I did that for a very long time. Um, now I think it, but right. what I think it teaches you is there's so much to be grateful for. I mean, there's so much yeah. and we just have to do it. So I yeah. would encourage people to think about that. Yeah. It's sad. I, I really think that, especially it just seems lately, it's just would seem to me the more I'm out and about and just what, what's been going on in the past couple of years, there's a lot of really like angry, um, hurt, pissed off people um, mm-hmm. that are like this close to snapping. <laughs> yep. Oh, I think, I think it's a lot. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot. And that's why I try really hard to um, be as kind as I can be to people. Yeah. and. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I've been in some situations where I have gone the, I, I should have lost it. And I, instead, I'm like, you know what? Nope, we're not. And I'm like, go the other way. And I'm just going to be super cool and chill about this. And, you know, and it seems it works. It just seems to, it kind of diffuses what could potentially be a bad situation. 
Absolutely. And right. I just, and I try to be really, really mindful about thank you and please and what a great job you did. And even, even in a restaurant, what's your name to the waiter or, you know, to somebody who's helping you or saying just, you know, a compliment of some sort. Hey, I love the flowers you have in here or, oh, what yep. a pretty dress you have on or yep. whatever it is. Because that, again, that, that little, that little bit, maybe it just makes me feel better, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> That too. Sometimes it just makes you feel better to make someone else feel better, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, so what actions and activities make you feel purposeful? Well, I love speaking to speaking to groups. And by the way, there's some fire sirens going on, which is extraordinarily rare here. <laughs> so I don't know if I, you can you hear it. I don't hear it. Okay, good. Good. I don't I don't hear it. That's okay. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I just yeah, wanted to assure everybody that my house isn't on fire. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, that would be bad. <laughs> I would, I would I assume, been, you wouldn't be calm. Right, right. To hang up. Gotta go. Um, right. <laughs> so what I, uh, what makes me feel purposeful? Okay. So I love it when I can go out and speak to organizations or work with people and help them get to a better place in their communication thing. So many people are afraid of it. They're afraid okay. of giving speeches. They're afraid of being in front of a bunch of people. They're afraid of being on a Zoom call. They're afraid of, of um, whatever, of all of that. And when I can make them feel comfortable and good about themselves, then that makes me feel purposeful. When I've done something really amazing for my kid that helps her, I feel purposeful. When I play a great game of tennis or golf, I feel purposeful. Okay. I, okay. I, it's, it's when I um, can achieve some kind of a goal. Okay. I think that makes me feel purposeful. Okay. And, and what about, um, you, I, I know that you're kind of into like trying something new and daring. Like All the time. So can you talk a little bit about that? Like, what are some yeah. things that you, when you say try something daring, what do you, what do you mean? Well, um, I'll give you a little example. Uh, uh, one of my good friends is a super athlete and she likes to climb mountains and, you know, she'll, she'll any, you name an activity that's outdoors and she will do it. So she convinced me one day to go hiking with her and she had all these rappelling ropes around her, 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 her arms. And I went, what are those for? And she goes, oh, just in case we get to a little cliff. So she takes me right up to a cliff. And it was when I was having, I was leaving my job at NBC and I was kind of like, ooh, what's the world going to look like after this? And um, right. she's, she took me to this cliff and immediately started taking out these spikes and whatever you call them, and you nail them in and you put, right? And so off we went across a cliff that was 500 feet straight down to the ground. And uh-huh. yep, climbed, you know, we, we went across it on, part of it had like little tiny goat paths, but, and I mean, you know, an inch or two wide. And some of it, there were just footholds that we, and, and, you know, uh, we're just, yeah. so, and I, and I, I was like, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, and I got across and I was so damn proud of myself. And then she goes, well, I'm glad you like that. Cause guess what? We have to go back. We have to turn back. We have to go back. <laughs> <laughs> but I was all into it. I mean, I love, I love being adventurous and I'm, I'm ready to take that on because when you think you can't do something, yeah. And you're mad at yourself. 
But if you try it, at least you've tried it. And anything can be an adventure. It doesn't have to be athletic. It can be um, daring to stand up in front of a group in front of a group of people and make your your voice heard, right? Or daring to have a conversation, a tough conversation with someone that in ordinary times you just let it slide, but right. you realize that you can't. Or, you, I shouldn't say you can't. You realize that it would be better for both of you if you were able to make that, if you were able to have that conversation, or right. Setting yourself boundaries that you're afraid of. Okay. That's really, I mean, that's a risk too. Yeah. And, and it's a risk to, to move. I mean, heck, I've moved one, two, three, four, five times during COVID or between the beginning of COVID and now. Wow. Really? Yes. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I have mail that can't find me, which is good. <laughs> so. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's but, great. Uh, but it's really, you, you just, you change up your life because it's the right thing for you to do in that moment, even though you're scared. Right. I guess, I guess what, I'm, what I'm saying is one sure way to make yourself more self-confident is to do something you're afraid of doing and, and you end up doing it well. And guess what happens? Suddenly you're, you're in awe of your own abilities. Right. And if you fail, I mean, we all learn from failure. Sure. There's always a lesson to be learned. So, you know, but yeah. you're not going to know unless you take the rest. Right. I, I ask myself, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got it. Now, how can you transform a challenging experience into a positive lesson and an opportunity for growth? You, you have to look upon it as not a failure. Right. There's no such thing as failure. So. Because to me, even failing a test means, what am I learning from this? I didn't study hard enough. I didn't understand it. Maybe I went out the night before and I shouldn't have. Whatever it is, the, there's always something to be learned from, from a challenging situation. And look at, look at all the people that you know in this world who have all the interviews you've heard, all the people I've interviewed that have maybe had some terrible disease where they thought they were going to die, but they didn't. And they came out of it. And what do they do when they come out of it? They call it a blessing. blessing. Why? Because their life has changed forever. They now suddenly have more, maybe they've got, they're much healthier. They've taken much better care of themselves. Um, maybe they've, they've, all of a sudden they've seen how, precious life is and they know they're never going to squander it again in the way they might have in the past. Um, maybe they they found a way to do something for somebody else. I mean, how many people do you know that had a terrible tragedy in their life and they turn that tragedy into a bright shining star? Well, so, yeah. Yeah. so, so you have to look at everything and say, this happened to me for a reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know what that reason is. But I have to get through it, and then I have to figure out how am I going to react to it. You can either react to it in a positive way or a negative way. But you would react in a negative way, and your life is going to suck. Yeah, yeah. I had um, an aunt who was kind of my mentor um, back in rural Minnesota, and she died recently at the age of 100. Wow. And, yeah, and she was widowed very young. Um, I'd say she was probably in her late forties. 
And so before she died, I knew she was sickly. I, I um, did a recording with her. And by the way, talk about taking on new challenges. One time when I was visiting her and she was living in an assisted living place. And, um, um, and I, was, I said, let's FaceTime your daughter. She goes, what? So I FaceTime her daughter who lives in Texas. And she said, how do you do that? And I told her, she goes, hmm, I want one of those things. So I bought her an iPad. And she was, she was in her 90s then. She gets on Facebook. She's all over Facebook. She's writing everybody. She now has these conversations. She has new friends she made on Facebook and old friends. And it was awesome. That's great. She, you know, and she, she just took that on. She's like, this is a great way for me to stay in touch with people and to have a lot of fun. And, you know, one day she called me, she goes, there's a problem. And it's just, and, and, and she said, I can't, I can't find the password. I'm like, oh man, I didn't write that password down anyway. And she goes, you know what? You can't help me. I'm getting one of these young aides around here. Cause they're young. They'll know how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course they did, but it was just, it's so That's funny. Great. because She just, grew to love it. And then she got, so, you know, all the other older people in this, um, in this facility, she went to all, she goes to all of them and, and, and their kids when they'd come visit or their grandkids. And she'd say, you need to buy your mom one of these. You need to go get her one. Oh, that's hysterical. You can play games. <laughs> it's just really funny. But anyway, my point about, about her is that I once, I, I said to her as she was dying, I was trying to kind of, I'm not dying, but she was getting sickly. And I said to her, I really want to know what it is that's kept you going all this year because her attitude was invincible. She never, ever, her son died. Um, She had, there were were all kinds of, everybody else in her immediate family, her brothers and sisters were all gone. I mean, so she was, and and she just kept going, going, going. And I said, what is it? She goes, attitude. Mm. I said, what do you mean by that? And she goes, you have to have good attitudes because if you don't, and, and when I was going through this tough time I described earlier and I'd talk to her and she'd say, change your attitude now. And when I finally did, she goes, I knew you'd come around one day. Yep. So. Oh, she sounds sounded like a wonderful person. <laughs> she, she indeed was. Um, and, but she, and she was, she was frank as well. Like you yeah. know, the time she said to me, those hips are looking a little bit big. I think your pants are too tight. <laughs> ah, and Anna, right, right, right. Painfully, she, right, right. She forced, she forced me to take my first job in, um, in television. And I said, I don't no, I'm not, I'm not ready yet. I'd graduated from school a little bit early and, and, um, and, um, she, and she said, did I just hear you turned on a job? And I said, yeah. And she goes, well, you need to take that job. And I said, no, I want to go to Europe for the summer. And she goes, and who's going to pay for that? And I said, well, and she goes, oh, your dad again? Well, he's paid for too much and he's not doing it. I won't let him. And, and she goes, so either you're calling and taking that job or I'm going to call. And I went, you can't do that. And she goes, well, I am. Uh-huh. So anyway, and I said, and, and, and I said, oh, you know, and, and anyway, I ended up taking the job and it led to every success I was having in my life. It really did. It just set me up on this wonderful pathway. And so when I left NBC, it was the hardest, one of the hardest calls I made was to call and tell her that I was no longer going to do this television job. She said to me, guess what? Now you can go to Europe and spend all the time you want and you won't have to stay in those crummy hostels. (laughs) She's right. She's right. (laughs) 
<laughs> there you go. I mean, there I thought go. she would say, oh, you're disappointing me. She was like, oh, think of the fun you're going to have now. Oh, and she's great. So you all, everybody needs somebody like that in their life. Yeah. I, I'm trying to find that person. I need to find that person. I need like an older person that holds my feet to the fire, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. Like uh, accountability. That's awesome. Exactly. Um, accountability, but accountability with that, that will teach you a good attitude and also with belief, absolute belief in you. Okay. So let's wrap this up. So you talk about like finding, focusing on your purpose and mm-hmm. that it's ever changing. It can change and it can evolve and it's not static. Um, trying new things, pushing your limits. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Having yep. a good attitude. Absolutely. All right. Everything. What, what else? Oh, writing down your assets. I love that. I love that. Like writing them down or at least thinking what they are. And Mm -hmm. it's a good way to get yourself out of a, of a bad moment. As I say, bad. you know, it happens. Um, what other takeaways do you have for us? Well, I think one of the best things that you can do, well, there's two, two other things. When you get yourself into a, a real muddle, I want you to stop what you're doing and breathe. And by breathing, I mean do some breathing exercises, solid breathing exercises. Because when you breathe like that, just like in yoga, I don't know if you do yoga. I I do a lot of it. I love it. You know how important breathing is in yoga. And when you focus on your breath, it takes away all the stuff that's in your head. The other thing is find a very joyful moment. And by joyful moment, I mean, I put on music and start to dance. Mm-hmm. And when I'm going through a tough time or before I'm about to do something like a presentation or something that's going to take me a little bit out of my, out of myself and out of my, my, my normalcy, I put on great music that I love and I'll dance around the room. Nobody else is there, thankfully, because they'd laugh, but um, it's just having, just thinking about things that make bring you joy, just do them. Right. In that moment, you will feel so much better and you'll release all this stuff. And then you can get back to what it is that's bugging you because by then it might be gone. Yeah. Or it might not seem as bad. Right. I just want, I, I, I just believe that we are way too hard on ourselves, especially us girls. Yeah. Expect ourselves to be perfect. And I am telling you, perfection isn't fun. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be perfect? Perfect. Forget I, you know, it. you're right. You're right. It's, it's, and, and who is the judge of what's perfect anyway? Exactly. Right? Like exactly. your idea of perfect and my idea of perfect could be very different. So exactly. who's the judge on? I like that. This has been, you know what? I, you and I agree on a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> Good. It's just nice to hear. It's, it's sometimes I like to hear other people say it in a different way and it like more succinctly. Like I, I realize with everything you're saying, it's very common to how I feel, but as I said, it comes and goes, there's ebbs and flows, there's good days, there's bad days. And I have really tried hard to, again, as I say, like if flip the script, you know, so if it's yep. not working for you or you're even like in a minute, like it could just be like a bad moment of your day. I mean, you could be having a great day and then something happens and it just, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, somebody's mean to you in a store or right. 
It could be cut you off on the road or just come some kind of crap. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden everything explodes. But the one thing that I really, really, really want us to do is we've got to start understanding other people because what's happening in the world today with everybody being there's such animosity and such polarization and we just got, we got to get rid of it because we're all just people. I know it's so sad. It seems like we just got here like to this awful place mm-hmm. um, it, in the past couple of years. It's just yeah. been like, it seemed at the beginning to me of COVID, like it brought out the best in people because people were like, you know, oh my God, what's happening? We're all in this together. And then I don't know what happened, but boy, we just gone the other way. It's really, it's really frightening to me because I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. Right. So I think some words, words that you said earlier, and what really resonate, which is we're all doing the best we can. Right, right. So if you just accept that in other people, they're doing the best they can. Maybe it's not your way of doing things. Maybe you don't like them for right. what their is, but trust that maybe they are doing the best that they can. Yeah. And so in that moment, show them a little kindness. Yeah. Maybe it'll be better. I think that's, I think that's a show a little kindness. Just try to make mm-hmm. the world a little your little piece of it a little better. I like that. Is there anything else you want to add before we wrap this up? I just want to say it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. And I hope all these, all the, the, you know, people out there that are listening to this will take a little nugget away that will, I don't know, make their day a little better. I hope so too. I thank you. You made my day a little better. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I like this. You know, it's like, I, I never know when I do a podcast how I'm going to, what I'm going to leave feeling or whatever. So you're making me think like about some things I need to do um, or expand upon. So I appreciate that. And I thank you very much. And I'm sure my listeners appreciate it as well. So we're going to wrap it up. If you've enjoyed this episode, please be sure to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us out a lot. I have a new pro-agent podcast bi-weekly, so please contact Lauren at foundof30.com for more sponsorship opportunities. Thanks for listening, everyone. And don't forget to write down your assets and pay attention to how you treat people. Thanks so much. Bye, everybody. Bye.